now loose Thurian in, goes to the right wing corner. He's got Lagason all over him, pass out to Lombard, right in front of the net, the backhand, oh, that save made by Koskinen. Scorpion. Oh, Hornquist with a great opportunity, and he got the right pad up in the air to keep it out. To Reinhardt at center, now his pass, in over the line, gave it to Hubert Hildover, to Barkov, and a poke check made by Koskinen, and the puck cleared down the ice. Great stop by Koskinen. Fin on fin there. Bouchard, he had it peeled off his stick. Puck brought in by Verhage. Pass in front of the net. Oh, and a save by Koskinen off of Marchman. Pass across to Montour, right point. Comes across Lundell in front of the net. Off the pad of Koskinen as he was able to break up the pass with his pad, and the puck cleared down the ice. McDavid skates it across the top. His drop pass broken up. Vetrano to Verhage. A breakaway. The shot out. Glove saved by Koskinen and he holds on as Carter Verhage was sprung on a breakaway. Six on five, puck to the blue line. Ekblad walking to the slot. Now to Verhage to the back door. Oh, 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 oh. what a stop by Koskinen with the glove. You've got to be kidding. Barkov was robbed. An absolutely brilliant performance by Edmonton Oilers goaltender Miko Koskinen this afternoon. He makes 44 saves, and the Oilers steal a win against the Florida Panthers. 4-3 is the final. Derek Ryan with a hat trick, his first one ever in the National Hockey League. And Cam Moon off the top there with the saves of the game by Koskinen, courtesy Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Let's go back to Sunrise, Florida. Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. With Derek Ryan, his first NHL hat trick, how great is that to see? No, I'm proud of him. Uh, he's been a heck of a hockey player here over the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's really um, shown some pop in his step and, and with his increased role and responsibility. And to see a, a teammate like that get rewarded with three, three goals, um, the whole dressing room is just ecstatic for him. Now, he mentioned uh, since the coaching change, it was it's not just a little bit more responsibility. He feels like he has a lot more responsibility on him. What are the tangibles that you see in his game that allow you to be confident? Well, I, I think his hockey IQ is just off the charts. He knows how to navigate his way around the arena. Um, so positionally, he's just he just seems to be in the right spots most times. Um, I think the move to the right wing has kind of uh, rejuvenated him a little bit. It's given him a little bit of a different focus. Um, he's good in the face-off circle, so he, whoever he plays with, he can he can help out on right-handed face-offs. And uh, I think he has underrated skill, uh, a real underrated player for um, a lot of years here in the NHL. And you know, in order to win games and especially win games on the road in tough environments, you need sometimes some unusual suspects to, to step to the front. And uh, like I said, uh, for DR to get those three goals, man, I can tell you the, the dressing room was super excited for him because he's a great teammate. Miko almost said that the dressing room was almost too excited after 40 minutes of play because he got his hat trick. What does that say about him away from the rink? Derek Ryan as a person. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a special, special person that um, lays it on the line for his team. Yeah. And I think that resonates with the entire group. And uh, for him to, to turn in a performance like that today, like I said, against 
it's a pretty good hockey team that we took two points from in their building. Um, we needed it, and he was excellent. You talked about laying it on the line. Miko Koskin laid it all on the line yeah. tonight. It was excellent. What did you make of his performance? Well, uh, I just thought he was somebody who um, held us in the game when we gave up a few chances. That's a really good... That's a really good hockey team. You know, they're, they're at where they're at for a reason. They lead the NHL in goals for a reason. Um, so, yeah, I thought we there was a lot of good to our game tonight. There's stuff, again, that we got to clean up, but uh, we found a way to win, and we don't do that unless Miko turns in the performance he did today. He's, um, he's someone who found the right save at the right time, and I'm proud of him and happy for him. Not only did he make a quantity of saves, but some quality, quality ones as well. Yeah. When your goaltender's playing like that, how much taller do the players kind of feel on the bench? Yeah, I, I think uh, it instilled his play today instilled confidence in the group and um, just the way he competed right to the very end, I thought was excellent. Make big save after big save. It was unfortunate about the goal that went off his, his helmet there, but um, you know, uh, just gave us a real good chance to win the game. And and I saw a lot of people pulling on the same rope, and we found a way. Uh, good teams always find a way to win. You said yesterday you believe you're a good team. Yeah. So what does that say about your group winning here tonight? Well, I think um, I think if I look at the game tonight, I don't know if it went according exactly to script uh, or how we wanted to win that game, but what I liked was uh, that we stuck together, we worked for each other, and we found a way um, to scratch and claw our way to two points. I, I really believe that winning's a skill and beating the best teams in the league, it takes um, a special mindset to do it. I thought uh, we showed some maturity in our game and how we handled that. Um, Another good game versus a really good hockey team. Last one for me. Any news on Nugent Hopkins? Uh, no, new, no news on news just yet. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll have more information tomorrow after he's been fully evaluated. Good, thanks. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Okay, that's Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who scratch out a 4-3 win over the Florida Panthers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins left the game in the first period. Upper body injury, so no further update. Hopefully, he is going to be okay. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, we had the Koskinen highlights off the top, and don't worry, everybody, we'll have a Derek Ryan highlight pack later on because he got a hat trick uh, look, a, a lot of the story for this game comes down to those two individuals. You're right, and they deserve all the accolades they're going to get uh, after today's game. Um, Miko Koskinen was exceptional. Uh, that might be the best goaltending uh, display we've seen all season long in Edmonton from any of the goaltenders. Uh, they weren't just... It wasn't that he got 47 shots or whatever it was Florida had. It was the quality of the shots breakaways, two-on-ones, backdoor, wide-open nets. Uh, there were some great close-ups on the TV of Panther players after they were robbed by Koskinen in disbelief. Guys going to the bench and watching replays on the Jumbotron. Uh, Florida threw everything at Koskinen, and I have so much respect for what Koskinen is doing right now. Uh, the, the cry for him to be uh, you know, sent to the minors or sent anywhere, yet he just quietly went about his business and finally got his game back on track and he's doing what he uh, is capable of doing when he gets less a lesser load give you quality starts and I think that's 6-0-1 in his last seven games and 
uh, he was excellent and deserved of a start very quickly. And I think that that's what you're going to see coming up. Whichever goalie's playing better, I don't think it really matters if it's the guy that's your starter or your backup or your third stringer in the minors. The Oilers are desperate for points, and tonight, Miko Koskinen got them too. Yeah, well, I know you and Bob were talking about it, and I would still think it's probably Smith tomorrow because it's the back-to-back, but lately, Miko Koskinen has has been better. So two games into this five-game road trip, the Oilers are now 1-1 one and one for the season. They boost their record to 29-20-3. They're 6-2 and two since Jay Woodcroft took over as head coach. In those eight games, Derek Ryan now has five goals and seven points. <laughs> and good for him. Again, another player that... Uh, has obviously benefited from the coaching change. He went from fourth line six minutes to third line and getting 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes a night and been given responsibility. And I think that any player, no matter what kind of ice time you get, you just want a defined role. You just wanted to be, you know, appreciated and, and needed. And I think Derek Ryan is finding that right now. And what I said to Bob, good on him being ready for it because a lot of players wouldn't have been. A lot of players would have checked out uh, emotionally in this as they're like, all right, I'm, I'm just a bit player here. And they get their chance and they fail at it. Ryan's gotten his chance and he's excelled at it. And it's there's a reason when you're 34, 35 years old and you're still hanging around the National Hockey League, you got a professionalism about you. And he always had skill. Sometimes you're just cast in a different role because of other players on their team. But now the skill that he had throughout his career you're starting to see a little bit more on the offensive side because he's put in that position. So good on Ryan because they needed someone to step up tonight, and Ryan was the guy. Oilers win at 4-3. They are 11-1 and in their last 12 road games against the Florida Panthers, which is a mm-hmm. run extending back, well, about 20, minutes, about 20 years now, which is pretty amazing. But the Oilers able to, uh, to figure it out tonight. I mean, so tense in those final minutes, Rob. Um, First of all, uh, the, Bobrovsky was pulled with about 4.40 left. Koskinen made a reaching glove save on Barkov about 20 seconds later. Nurse gets the penalty for tripping Huberto. Barkov scores, uh, what, what do we got here, six seconds into the power play, the 46th shot of the game. So then the, the Panthers have over four minutes to try to tie it up. They pulled Bobrovsky again with about 3.20 left. They had to put him in briefly a couple times because they were neutral zone face-offs. The Oilers... Uh, Kane almost hit the empty net right away, went for icing, a couple more icings for Edmonton. Uh, it, <laughs> it was tense. I'm sure Oilers fans were on the edge of their seats or rolling on the floor or maybe unable to watch <laughs> those final minutes, but the Oilers were able to close it out. They were, and a bunch of things out of that. First of all, there was one that was a really odd play. Uh, Kane had the puck, and he had Leon Drysaddle on a breakaway, and he skated up beside Leon for you know, five, six seconds when if all he had to do was pass it and Leon had a breakaway that probably would have salted the game away. Uh, that one was an odd play. But what, one thing that you saw, and I'm sure the, the general manager, the management team of the Oilers saw, hanging on to a lead late in the hockey game. The Oilers, and we, we talked about this right at the beginning of the season. If okay, you're down to the last four minutes, who are you going to put out on the right side defensively to bring a game home? Uh, Bouchard was not able to get that. This was a really, really, really rough game for Evan Bouchard. So the, down the stretch, you didn't see him on the ice. So you, you relied a lot on CeCe and Barry. And Barry came up with a really strong game at the end and needed to be. He played 22 minutes because they needed someone on that right side. So that'd be something that I'd be looking at at the deadline. Do you need something on your right side 
for close one nothing games where you have to bring a game home or a one goal game late in a hockey game because the the Florida Panthers pushed and pushed. I mean, not for Koskinen, this may have gone into extra time, but the others got it done. And they got it done shorthanded because they're missing Nugent Hopkins, who would have been a huge part of the last five, seven minutes of a one-goal game. Well, yeah, and that's the concern going forward. And again, Woodcroft didn't say anything about Nugent Hopkins uh, you know specifics to the injury so he just said more evaluation tomorrow so I, I mean I would expect him not to play tomorrow Rob given the the language that Woodcroft used yeah no I, I wouldn't think so either another player that we haven't talked about at all and I just went back through the stats to see what he got tonight Devin Shore played 15 minutes tonight he played more than Ryan he played more than Fogel Benson there's another guy that uh, hasn't benefited from the coaching change he was a a fan, uh, Dave Tippett was a fan of him, and since the new coaching staff has come, he's averaging like five minutes a night or he's not in the lineup. But with the injury to Nugent Hopkins and nursing a lead, Devin Shore played a ton tonight, and I thought he had a strong game. He might be a guy that you see getting extended minutes tomorrow when they start when, well, when they're very short-handed without Nugent in the lineup. So look for Devin Shore to be a more important part of this team going forward until Nugent gets back in the lineup. Yeah, well, running out of players a little bit. Cassian's out, Pugliarvi out, probably Dujan Hopkins. So that's three out of 11 or 12. Three of your top nine. Yeah, three of the top nine for sure. So, yeah, a concern about Nugent Hopkins. But the Oilers do win it today, 4-3 against the uh, Florida Panthers. Like we were saying, a very tense game. I, I actually thought... I don't know if you I'm sure you picked up on this, Rob. I thought one of the most skilled plays in the game was when killing a penalty, Yamamoto dropped his stick... Uh, had to defend without his stick and actually prevented a shot and forced a guy to a corner at one point. And then when the puck went back to the blue line, he picked up his stick all in one motion, stole a pass, and then cleared it. No, it was, everyone had to do things outside of their comfort zone. And Yamamoto, a lot of penalty killing today, and that was nice. I can tell you, uh, it, it is, um, you're a little fearful when you drop your stick when you're shorthanded because if you can't play that a stick, it turns into a five-on-three. He was fortunate the play stayed around his stick and he was able to make two plays as he picked the stick up. That was a great play. But that's nowadays the players are so talented. Things that look really, really cool, it's second nature to those guys. And we saw just a little bit later, Ekblad making an incredible play, cross-checking the puck, keeping it in. The referees missed it. Ekblad was mad, but just shows you the, the eye-hand coordination. Now, now with the players in the National Hockey League, it's so good. And obviously, Yamamoto, those two plays, they were huge. Took about 25, 30 seconds off the Florida Panthers power play. All right, so the Oilers take it 4-3. It's a hat trick for Derek Ryan. Leon Dreisaitl scored on the power play. So set the line tonight was .5 over or under, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. How many goals would Zach Hyman score? Well, he does not uh, keep the goal streak going, even though he, he played a ton and was pretty strong once again. So it is under. So that is Brett, the winner. Brett gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He made 44 saves for his 18th victory of the season. Here's goaltender Miko Koskinen. Especially in that first period, you really weathered the storm. You really had to force yourself into this game right away, didn't you? Yeah, they, they came pretty hard and uh, a lot of shots to the net. And uh, they got a couple chances. And I think we were, we were pretty happy that we were only one goal behind after first. But after that, we... Talking the first intermission that we need to get back to the game, and um, that's exactly what we did. And um, then we hold hold the lead in the third, so it's a big win for us. 
every player and teammate obviously wants a strong team game, but when you're faced with that many shots early on, does that almost just get you in a rhythm? Yeah, I feel it's kind of easier, you know, then you don't have to guess when you're going to face the first or when you're going to just just play and enjoy the and enjoy the game there, and uh, I like it. Uh, can you talk about your play moving laterally today? You just seem so confident with every movement today. Yeah, I felt like I was making the right right read at the right time, and uh, that makes the lateral movement so much so much easier. And um, just keep just have to trust my trust my reads. I think that's the biggest biggest thing. Whatever happens there, and uh, today it was it was strong. Uh, on the combination of a personal performance by you, 44 saves, a great performance, and then it coming in a big moment for this club, back-to-back -back losses, really tough stretch here with the three games here. That has to feel really good for you and the team. Yeah, the wins are only only thing what I'm what I'm counting here, and uh, it was a big win for us, and uh, we have a big game tomorrow and we have an excellent chance to get more more points to tomorrow and uh, it's a great challenge for us and uh, really looking forward for that. Derek Ryan recorded his first NHL hat-trick tonight uh, in your first season as a teammate of his. What's he like as a teammate? What's it like being around Derek Ryan? No, he's, he's awesome, you know, he's so so calm and uh, you know you can rely on him like every every situation on the ice and uh, off the ice too you know it's not just on the ice you know great guy and i'm ha so happy for him that he got three three goals tonight and first nhl hat trick it seems like he's well respected in that locker room a lot of guys talk very highly of him were all the guys kind of fired up to see him score oh yeah they were they were super happy almost like almost like too happy after the second period he should save the last goal for the Third, but it, yeah, he's a great, great guy. Veteran guy, you know, battled really hard. He's uh, way to even do NHL. You know, it wasn't sure that he's gonna make it, and uh, played many years in Europe. And it's those stories are always like so great to see. And when you put hard work, work in, and it pays off in the older age. So it's super happy for him. You talked about getting great reads today. I mean, two of them were in the third period, clearly on Verhage's breakaway and Barkov on the back post, so far post there. I mean, did you just anticipate that coming pretty well? Yeah, you know, I saw the Barkov one. I saw that the guy is going to make the pass in the uh, uh, back post, but, you know, you need to be a little bit lucky to, there, too. That You know, usually when the guys see the empty net there, they always try to shoot, like, middle of the... Net and then the goalies are making desperate saves and it actually looks looks nicer what it is but uh, you know today is it was my day well it was Koskinen's day for sure absolutely brilliant performance 44 stops leading the Oilers to a 4-3 road victory over the Florida Panthers we're happy to hear from you this afternoon the hotline is presented by Certainty the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling system Certainty pro all the way it's 780-496-0063 we'll uh, get to you we'll get to Derek Ryan all ahead on Heartland Ford overtime open line near the blue line and two on one. Ryan gets it out. He'll give it to Fogel. He'll pass it over to Ryan. Scores! Derek Ryan gets it past Bobrovsky. Oilers have the puck. Koskinen will go to the bench on the delayed penalty. Here comes McLeod. His pass on the right to Ryan. Shoots! Scores! 
wing goes upstairs on Bobrovsky, and the Oilers come out four on two. Kane to Nurse, in over the line. Now over to Kane, in front of the net, scores! Following it up Derek Ryan. is Derek Ryan, and he slams it home. It's a hat-trick goal for Ryan. At the age of 35 years, 59 days, Derek Ryan is the oldest player in Oilers history to score a hat trick. Ethan Morrow had the record beforehand. He was 33 years, 118 days on January 18th, 2009. Leon Dreisaitl had the other goal today in a 4-3 win over the Florida Panthers. $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $100 every time. The Oilers score. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Greg standing by. Good afternoon, Greg. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. So, first time all season we can say a goalie stole us the game, eh? That's kind of nice. Um, I mean, he stood on his head and made some unreal saves today. So, um, that being said, um, you know, some of the fans are now going to be like, hey, well, we beat Florida, start the Stanley Cup parade. But uh, if it wasn't for Koskinen um, tonight, um there would have been a, a much different score. We, it, it would have been a total blowout. They they outplayed us in, in every aspect of the game except for goaltending. So it is a flattering win for us, but um, let's look at the bigger picture here, and, and, and there is still a lot of work that needs to be done for this team. So You're, you're right, but in, in all honesty, this road trip, I still do believe the Oilers should be one and one. I, they were the better team in Tampa, but goaltending did them in. Vasilevsky stole that game for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and tonight, obviously, the Florida Panthers were by, by far the better team, but Miko Koskin made the made the got them the two points. So, goaltending is huge. Goaltending, if you don't have it, is is everything. And the Oilers tonight had they didn't in Tampa, but I do believe that it equals out over the season, and it's equaled out on this road trip because the Oilers were the better team in Tampa. So this one and one record uh, does really suit what they've done on this road trip. Having said that, there are things that need to be fixed, and they need to be better. And there's things that they were exposed at today. There's players that were exposed in this game today that with nine games or ten games till the trade deadline, it will certainly give the management team something to look at. Well, and, and we talked before the game about how many shots on goal the Panthers get. 47 today, uh, 14 times this year they've had 42 or more shots. Uh, that's out of 53 games. So that's uh, that's incredible. They lead the NHL in shots on goal per game. And, I mean, they can really forecheck Rob, and they're not just, okay, I mean, some teams can go in there and bang and crash and free up the puck but not do anything with it. They're big, they play with tempo, they're quick, uh, and they got skill. They've been a tough team for a, a lot of other clubs to handle throughout the season. But, uh, you know, from an Oilers standpoint, how could have they withstood this barrage a little better this afternoon? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they could have done things differently or if they needed different players to do it. Um, they had a very young, inexperienced defense, and the Florida Panthers took advantage of that. Uh, the the four younger players, the three guys that are up from the minors, and Bouchard, uh, don't usually see that kind of speed and physicality coming at them. Uh, they don't. There wasn't a lot of time to think. The forecheck. This is the hardest forechecking team that the Oilers have seen all season. Uh, they're a little similar to Calgary the way they forecheck. They're just better at it uh, because they are an elite hockey club. When you play against teams like that, your forwards have to be back and deeper, and your defensemen have to make quicker reads. And I think at times tonight, uh, there was some panic in the back end. 
And that's something that the Oilers will look at when, I mean, if you do want to go into the playoffs with the inexperience you have at the back end, uh, how long is Keith out for? Is he going to be back? Is this a team that's going to go with seven defense? Um, on your right side, you've got Bouchard and Barry both play the same kind of way tonight. It was Barry that was getting those minutes. Bouchard, the last five, six minutes didn't get out there because they, they really expose parts of his game that need to continue to get better. So I'm, I'm, there's a lot of things they need to get better at, but is it they could have just changed something or is that was the Florida Panthers just showing some of the, the cracks that the others have? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment, uh, and, I, and I think you're right. You know, tough moment for some of the younger guys, uh, and, and as you said, we didn't see uh, Bouchard a lot down the stretch. Broberg played the least of... Uh, everybody today he was only on the ice for 7 12 we've seen a lot of these games where sort of those four younger guys have all been between about 11 and 14 or between 12 and 15 or, or whatever but broberg did not play uh, as much this evening lagason played 11 20 nima line 13 59 bouchard 12 21 nima line again robin I, I know he had a tough moment you know the first florida goal but again some hits and and one of the problems for the Oilers this season has been giving up the blue line, right? Defenseman backing in. Well, a couple of his hits on Florida rushes just totally negated them getting the puck in at all. Well, it's funny. I know that people talk all the time about stopping the cycle, certain defensemen that can stop the cycle. Well, that Nima line, and he does that both in the corner and at the blue line. When he hits somebody, actually, they actually stop. There's guys that you'll hit a guy and you'll rub him out and you'll go another 10, 15 feet. There's a couple hits where Nima line, and the opposition player came to actually a complete stop. That's how hard this guy hits. Uh, there's still going to be uh, things in his game that he's going to need to improve on, and you would expect that. He's got, what is it, 10 games, 15, 20 games in the National Hockey League, whatever it is, he's still learning. But he brings something that the Oilers don't have, and that's physicality and a little bit of nastiness. And I think when anybody that watches playoff hockey like we do, when you get to the playoffs, it becomes more physical. It becomes... Uh, uh, a little nasty. Uh, the penalties aren't seem to seem to be called as often. So you need to be able to have big players that play uh, with a little bit of edge. And I think the Oilers have missed that at times over the last number of years. So to me, if if Duncan Keith comes back, the Oilers are probably still going seven defensemen. Roberg's out, but I don't think you take Niemelainen out because he does something that no other defenseman on the Oilers do, and that is put fear into the hearts and minds of whoever he's playing against. They know when he's on the ice. And Marcus Niemelainen, a milestone today, assists on Derek Ryan's second goal. That is his first NHL point in his 15th NHL game. Okay, we got to do the news and weather. If you're on the Certainty Hotline, we will get to you. You'll also hear from Derek Ryan, who has the hat trick. The Oilers beat the Panthers 4-3. This is Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Puck on the right wing, dry sidle, the top of the circle. Forced down the right wing boards, gets it to the point for Barry. Now across, McDavid to Dreisaitl. He'll wait. He'll shoot. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl lets it go off the right wing. And the Oilers get a power play goal. They're up 3-2. And they would go on to win 4-3. The power play update today, courtesy Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with the next powerproducts.com. The Oilers go one for two on the power play. The Panthers two for five. They got one late in the first period and late in the third, both by Barkoff. But the Oilers hold on, despite being outshot 47-22. They get the 4-3 victory for their 
29th victory of the season, 29-20-3. Uh, Rob, we've seen Drysdale score from that spot a lot. Not a one-timer that time, and I think I think it ticked. Uh, I believe it was Radko Gudis. I think it just ticked him on the way in and changed direction in front of Bobrovsky. Yeah, it did, and fool Bobrovsky. Uh, sometimes the puck doesn't come in the spot you want it, and you can't one-time it. Sometimes there's someone in your lane, and, and you read that before the puck gets to you, so you know you have to stop it and and just readjust your your sights. But uh, I th- we we're seeing, and Barkov did it a couple times too, guys finding that area, quiet part in the zone, and when the puck comes to them, because you found the quiet zone, you've got time either to readjust or fire the puck as quick as you want. But Leon Dreisel found it. The one thing, and it's funny, there was uh, we've talked a lot lately how the Oilers need to fire from the point a little more often from at the beginning of power plays to open the cross ice. On that goal, if you watch the replay, one of the Florida Panthers, they're very aggressive. He was all the way out to the top of the zone right on Tyson Berry. That allowed the space for Connor to go back through the through the, the zone there, through the, the box to Leon Dreisaitl. They forced that because they shot from the point earlier, and that's allowing the pass that the Oilers desperately want. So they got it because they shot a puck early, and then Leon Dreisaitl made no mistake. All right, so a 4-3 Oilers victory. If they just could have got one more, hit the empty net, we would have turned on the Japanese Village goal light on 630Ched.com. That's activated anytime the Oilers score five or more in a game. And then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We'll go to the Certainteed Hotline and welcome Sir Robert to the show. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you boys doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I I was thinking to myself before the road trip started, and I think I'd mentioned to you on your show, Reed, that the uh, uh, prior to this road trip, this five-game stretch was really going to determine a lot, and it was going to start with this with these uh, three games with Tampa, Florida, Carolina, and and I've been saying to myself, those three games, if they can win at least one, I think most people would take that. They split the first two. Now they have a chance to win two out of three, and if they can do that, I mean, I mean, nobody's going to complain. So I like what I mean. I like what I saw tonight from from Koskinen. I mean, Koskinen was was lights out tonight. Koskinen stole that game. It was nice to see Koskinen have a. Uh, it's nice to see him have a good game because because I mean, despite his. Uh, his record being well, what is he? What eighteen, eight and two? I know there's been a, I know there, there's definitely been a lot of uh, a criticism. So I mean, it's nice to, it's nice to see him have a good game. And I want to quickly touch on uh, Derek Ryan. I mean, I mean, what a story! I mean, he comes in here, comes in here. He's not, get, he's not getting a ton of minutes, and he, he stepped up today. I mean, I, I, I mean, just, I mean, you know, I mean, like that was another thing. Before this trip, we were going to need we were going to need guys besides McDavid and Drysaddle to step up. I thought, uh, 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 you know, and I thought that uh, 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 that Derek Ryan did that today. Yeah, absolutely, Sir Robert. Thanks for calling. And it is interesting with the schedule, Rob. It, it doesn't often turn out that way where you play second, third, and fourth, fourth overall, but slightly different order. But three teams grouped in the standing back to back to back, and they're all. Uh, pretty mighty opponents here for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, uh, you know, Calgary went through here in January before they got on their streak and lost uh, lost all three games. It is a bit of a, a bit of a death valley for NHL teams. It is, and there's well, there were times where you went through this and it wasn't that that bad going through the Florida 
uh, part of your schedule, but they both have become uh, juggernauts in the National Hockey League, and Carolina's been good now for a number of years too. Uh, it tests you. Yeah, Calgary came through, and they struggled. They got they lost all three, got outscored badly in all three. Uh, so it, it's daunting, but it certainly shows you what you have as a hockey club because it will expose any weaknesses you have. And it also shows you what a good goaltender, how it can win a hockey game that you probably didn't uh, deserve. And I think the Oilers will be pretty happy with a one-on-one record to start this, yet they still have other games. And the thing is, don't overlook the other teams on the schedule. They may not be in the standings but or higher up in the standings, but the last two games are just as important as the first three because those are ones you hope you should win. So it's a big game against Carolina, but this road trip is long from over just after the first three tough games. In the NHL this afternoon, we got another final. Flyers beat the Capitals 2-1. And uh, just the start of the second period, no score. Rangers and Penguins. The out-of-town update for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Ron from Red Deer checking in. Ron, what's on your mind? Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. So I was listening to the pregame show there, uh, Rob, and you were commenting that you had never seen so much well, let's just say abuse on a goalie in your in, in your NHL career. Mm-hmm. And all three of you, like uh, Rob, Reed, Bob, um, literally would like to see Smith in the game tomorrow. And I'm thinking, um, because Koskinen is, like, I mean, this was his best game of, of his Oilers career, hands down. And my question is this, why not give it, give him the, the game tomorrow i think all stats all stats and analytics say that uh back-to-back goaltending the the goalie has a big drop off and this wasn't an easy easy day for koskin this was a busy busy day for him and in the net so you play the percentages and you go to smith and hope that he can find uh something that he had last year because his last few starts have not been what the oilers need to win hockey games okay now my my last comment or question is basically does this up the value of his trade, or do we keep him? Do we sign him for like two years for two million? Who? Who Koskinen? Yes, Koskinen. Oh, I don't. I don't believe Koskinen I, will be I, back. I doubt he. I doubt he'd be back. It, it does and make things believe, interesting, though. It does. I don't know if it, if if anyone was to take Koskinen at the deadline, it would be just taking money. No one's. I mean, no anyone that's taking Koskinen is going to be a team that's out of the playoffs. So and he's on an expiring contract, so you're not upping what he's worth because you're trying to dump him if you trade him at the deadline. Um, so, but I don't believe he'll be here next year. Uh, Skinner will be here next year, and then they have to decide if it'll be Smith and Skinner or if it'll be someone else and Skinner. You know what's interesting, and Bob was talking about this before the game as well, and you and I have discussed this, Rob. If if it comes to that, how soon do you bring up Skinner? I mean, well, if, let's if, say Smith if, tomorrow and isn't very, mm-hmm. and he isn't very good. The the two goaltenders might be Koskinen, Skinner, and Koskinen. I mean, I think the assumption has always been that if Skinner came up, he would bump Koskinen out of a potential two man rotation. But but right now, the way things have gone, he would bump Smith out of a two man rotation. I think they would have a hard time sending Smith to the minors. I really do. Just optics. I don't know if you want to send that guy, want to send Smith to the minors. Well, to, no, fair enough, but whatever yeah. they figured out to do, that's what I'm saying. No, I understand. Well, the two best goaltenders over the last while, it's not even in doubt. It's It's been Skinner and Koskinen. The problem is, are you comfortable as a fan, as a media guy, 
with Smith and Koskinen as your two goalies going into the playoffs? Well, of course, right? And that's going to be the question so, mark. If, even if Skinner does come up and play well, you're still going into important games and potentially the postseason with maybe an inexperienced goaltender, which which we've talked about a lot for sure. Okay. The other thing too that's going to come into place too is doesn't Vegas's goaltender is hurt too? So there's one more team that's, that's looking a good for point. a goaltender <laughs> that's a good at the point. deadline. And, and a team that's going all in. Like Vegas has made the trades, made the deals, This and their players are getting a little bit older. So they'll be going all in for a goaltender as well. Maybe they'll get Flurry back. Maybe that's where he'll go. That'd be something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Seven eight zero four nine. Yeah, yeah. His agent might not have a. Well, he would he have a, a picture for that? I don't know. Oilers <laughs> win four three in Florida. We have Jason on the line as well. Hi, Jason. Go ahead. Hi guys. Uh, yeah, just uh, continuing the conversation. Uh, well, what you guys were just talking about. Uh, well, I was reading the Edmonton Sun. Would in order to send Smith down to the minors, does he have to clear the waivers? Oh, for sure he would. Uh, yeah. Yep. So they'd have to put him on the waivers first, right, before he can go down to the minors? Yeah, all the teams. Yeah, any, any veteran player, for sure. Yep. Okay, 10-4. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, love the show, guys. Keep it up. Okay, appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Douglas standing by. Hi, Douglas. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, my name's Doug. I uh, want to say three things. One, Austin will start tomorrow. Uh, two, I only listen to the games on the radio, and I want to say this about that Rob Brown guy. It, he's better to listen to than it is to uh, watch the games and listen to the other analysts. I think he's very, uh, uh, he brings a very clear picture over the radio, which is difficult. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And number three, uh, if you had an old pickup truck, a bit of rust, leaking a bit of oil, the heater works, you're happy with it. And then you find one a couple years newer, a used one, but a couple years newer for a fair price. And you say, oh, I'm going to get rid of the old truck. I'm going to buy a new one. Or not a new one, but I'm going to buy this newer used one. It's got a few less miles on it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there is no point. They're going to keep. They're going to keep both these goalies because they've been with them. They're goalies. They're veterans. They've got pride. And the fan. I'm. I'm not a big Oilers. I'm a hockey fan. I'm not a big Oilers fan because of the uh, management, the media, the fans. Just everybody. Just. Every game, you win a game, they're the Stanley Cup champs. The next game they lose, they're out of the playoffs. And well, I'm a media member, and I don't act like that. I take exception to that comment. No, okay, you can. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not, maybe, it's not fair to generalize, but in general, I just feel that uh, this team's going to make the playoffs, and uh, they're going to make it with the team they got. And these two goalies are good enough. I don't, and I haven't watched them play in three years. I just know that they're two goalies that win games. Here's a guy that's won six or seven games in a row, I think, and they and they want to trade him. They want to. He's got to go. I mean, and and Smith, Smith's a veteran goalie, and he's a good goalie. And the and and the young guy in the minors sounds like he's pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Appreciate it, Doug. Appreciate it, Doug. So we got to get to some other guys here too, but uh, good comp. And I, I will say this, Rob, we, we're speculating Mike Smith will start tomorrow because like you said, that's usually how teams handle back-to-backs. We don't know how Jay Woodcroft's going to think. We, we haven't no, seen him right. handle this situation in the NHL. It would be something if he said, Miko, you want us the game? Go do it again, man. I don't care how many hours of rest you've had, but I think you're playing better. Go and do it again. Well, he's, he, he, you're right. He's been the better goaltender, and it's not close over this last little while. Uh, he, he was busy, but I guess you talk to Koskinen, you talk to the goalie coach, Schwartzy, and then you decide that way. But I just, I just think that it'll be Smith tomorrow. But you, know, you and I aren't very good at predicting goaltending starts no, under Dave aren't. Tippett. Maybe we'll get better under Woodcroft, but I do believe it'll be Smith. Having said that, I do believe that um, Koskinen de- deserves a start. If it's not the next one, he should be in there right away. The way he played tonight and the way he's played as of late, uh, you cannot keep him out of the net because he deserves another start quickly. Yeah, a fair comment. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. Oilers win at 4-3 over the Panthers. we got to call a quick timeout. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Miko Koskinen, 44 saves. Derek Ryan, hat trick, first one in the NHL. Last time he scored a hat trick for an Edmonton-based team. You know where I'm going with this. January 14th, 2011, playing for the U of A Golden Bears. He had three hat tricks as a member of the Golden Bears, so the Oilers take it 4-3 against the Panthers, 1-1 one and one so far on their five-game road trip. This was a tense one. We have Anthony standing by. Anthony, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, yeah, I caught the game on the radio. I'm actually driving down to Detroit, and, uh, yeah, good for Koskinen. I mean, I still don't think it's the answer, but I've been a critic, and uh, good for him, and still hope they improve that position. But um wanted to say I really like what Rob said about uh, when Lomberg hit Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Bob, pardon me, what he said when he said, you know, the fight is one thing, but you got to go back and you got to hit Huberto or whoever. I mean, the, the teams that are successful year over year are the teams that play heavy in the playoffs. And even now, the best teams in the league, when you really look at it, you look at Colorado, you look at Florida, you look at Carolina, you know, for my money, these are teams that even if they don't have the toughest guys, they play heavy. And the Oilers, if they want to go anywhere, they need to play heavy. You know, and, and as I say, straight no, they're gold now. Yeah, I think that's a good comment. And Rob, I think that ties into something else we were talking about and and you can comment on you know what do you do when one of your stars get gets hit like that but also i think relates to what we were talking about earlier about about handling a forecheck handling a heavy florida forecheck you know do you have the horses to do that when you get into a playoff series against a similar style team well the oilers have never played heavy over the last number of years and that's one of the things they addressed when they went out and got a hyman uh got a evander kane having nima Linen up from the minors playing and playing consistently. They're trying to get heavier. They're trying to be a more physical team. They went and got Fogle, another physical player that it's got some size. So that they know that to be a playoff hockey club, you're not going to outskill the other team. You got to be able to play in the trenches. Um, you got to learn to win a one nothing game where there's zero chances. We saw a great example against the LA Kings about a week and a half ago. That's playoff hockey and the LA Kings play that style and the others actually uh, played well in that game. They they waited for their chance. As for what Bob said about going after the other team's stars, if someone hits neutral, first of all, it was a clean hit. Second of all, 
the Oilers should already be trying to hit Barkov and Huberto. I, I don't think you wait That's until one of your star players or good players gets hit before you decide to go after their best players. Uh, Huberto and Barkov are two of the best players in the world. Every time they have the puck, you should try to be physical on them. I don't think you need a reason or a revenge hit. I think you simply, all right, Huberto's got the puck. The more I hit him early in the game, the tired he's going to be during as the game moves on. The problem with that is I'm sure every team says that about Connor and Leon. The problem is great players don't get hit often. They don't put themselves in that position, and they're good at realizing when to move and get out of the way and and when to be able to absorb a hit. So I don't think you go out after players. This is the National Hockey League now. Uh, Players know how to look after themselves. You're just physical all the time on those players. But, yes, the Oilers, if they want to be a team that wins in the playoffs, they're going to have to play a big, heavy game at times if they want to have success. Oilers win 4-3. We have Cam on the Certainty Hotline as well. Cam, go ahead. Hey, Cam. Is, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, sir. Hey, I, I just wanted to talk about this uh, Smith decision again. I, I get that they're not sending the Smith, uh, Smith down out of respect for him. But like, I want to make a point. Like, at, at what point do you make decisions based on the trends that you see stop being reactive and maybe be a little more proactive? Like, are you going to let a Smith lose you another four points or six points before you pull that trigger? Or are you going to trust the trend that you see? And that's what, I guess, the GM gets paid big money, right? To see the trend, not be reactive and be a little yeah. more proactive. Yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah. Look, here, here's the thing. We, how do we know Smith isn't going to be the goalie that gets traded, right? We don't. I mean, we haven't been putting that on the table because of Koskinen's contract. But how do we know Smith isn't the goalie that gets traded, right? But the problem know. is when you say go be proactive and watching trends, if that was the case, Miko Koskinen wouldn't be an oiler right now. I mean, his trends in December well. and early January, uh, he they, the world wanted him out of Edmonton. Edmonton oiler fans wanted him gone. And it's kind of funny now that we got to get rid of Smith and get Koskinen more ice time. Uh, I think what we've seen when Koskinen plays uh, consistently, when he's playing, you know, every game as a starter, he's struggled, and that's been through his three years here. So I don't know if you want uh, Miko Koskinen as your starter going into the playoffs. So they they know that Smith has the capabilities, and they hope that he can get to that level. And if he can't, that's when they got to make a decision. Are we going with Skinner and Koskinen, or do we have to improve on that? But it, uh, Smith has struggled since he's come back from this last injury. I don't know if he can get back to what he was last year, but if you had your choice going into this season, and most of the times during this season, who you would want to start for you if they're both on their game in the playoffs, it would be Smith. Koskinen wouldn't be on in this lineup if most of the Edmonton Oilers fans and media had their way earlier in the season. So... Uh, I think they'll give Smith a couple more opportunities and then they're going to have to make a call because there's only, I think, 10 games or 11 games before the deadline. Then they got to decide which way they're going to go. Yeah, we're getting close to, to to something happening. But but again, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I mean, so much of this has been, okay, co- trade Koskinen and dump the contract, mm-hmm. you, you know, get, ri- get rid of it. He's going to be the guy traded. I'm just saying, how, how do we know it's not Smith? I know he has another year left, so maybe that makes it harder to trade if he's well, not playing well. But the, that's... the reason that you, you think it's Koskinen and not Smith because of Koskinen's contract. Because if, right. if you're trading Smith, you're trading Smith, you're trying to bring another goalie in. You're only getting rid of, what I don't know what he makes, $2 million? Whereas Koskinen... Yeah, he's got some bonus another... structure, but yeah, this yeah. year and next. Yep. So Koskinen makes more, so that's why if you're bringing someone in, 
you're going to need to clear space. And that's why we always say Koskinen, because he gives you more, more space. Maybe right. you trade Smith and Koskinen. I don't know. Uh, I think that'd be something. Uh, there's there's some things that Ken Holland's going to have to do. And you, we also, the Oilers have to find if someone wants to be a willing partner to trade a goalie here. I'm sure there's, uh, Ken Holland's not blind to the fact that the Oilers uh, have had goaltender troubles for a lot of this season. He knows if this team wants to make a run in the playoffs, he needs better goaltending than what the team has gotten through the course of the season. He's just got to decide, is it someone that we have here is capable of doing it? Or is there someone out there that we can make a trade for to get? Yeah, two point two the cap hit for for Smith, but and that and see, and that's the thing too. Um, as we've said numerous times, if you if if you're a fan of a team, any team, and you want to trade a player because he's underperforming, how <laughs> valuable is that to another club? Right. Well, I mean, and that's I mean that's like the one caller that called earlier is is Koskinen worth more now because of the way he played. Uh, Koskinen contract. The only reason you're trading his contract, and only reason someone's taking it, is they're just taking cash from you. They're not right. building around Miko Koskinen, and there's no team that's in the playoffs right now that's trading for Miko Koskinen to be their starter. So Koskinen could, the, if he has a great stretch, that's only going to help him as it stay as an Edmonton Oiler. Is not going to help the Edmonton Oilers get more from him some, from someone else. Oilers win four three in Florida. Brian is on the line. Go ahead, Brian. Guys, we, we witnessed something rare today in the game, and that is uh, our goalie won the game. Uh, I, I can't think of another game. There might have been a, a few, very few, where you could actually point at the goalie and say, yep, he did it for us tonight. Uh, would you guys agree with that? I, I think there have been some good performances, but they're few and far far between and i mean to be fair to smith he was pretty good when they beat the islanders especially in the first period yeah. you know that wasn't yeah. that long um, ago but yeah. yeah but generally generally the oilers goaltender has not been better than the other guy in in too many games yeah. this season or even equal and, to and i like and i like how the team is trending i think that's seven out of nine games that we've won um we're bringing it uh, you know I, I mean arguably we could have won the game against tampa the other night it was a it was a great game, as this one was. Um, something I want to mention to Rob, though. So, Rob, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Is that okay? Uh, hey, my wife does all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you, you and I had a conversation when the Oilers were, uh, they got beat pretty bad one night, and it was the night before uh, Tippett got fired. Uh, you had said that Ken Holland probably consulted with the leadership of this team and would do that if there was a coaching change. Yeah. Uh, do you know that for sure? That that no, happened? I don't know that for sure. I just believe that because that okay. happens most almost any other team that would happen. And he, I, I actually, I thought the, I read something where he did to say he talked he, to his team. He, he knows said, what's going on. Well, I'll just jump in. He said during his availability of the day of the firing that he called, I believe he said Leon Connor Darnell. And I can't remember if he said Nuge or not, but but he called those guys to tell them the decision had been made. He didn't call them to get their blessing. He called to tell no, them that it's happened. No, but I I believe that he would call and talk when things are going sideways. There would be talks between a GM and a player, just to see what's going on in the room. What do you feel? Do you still have trust in this guy? Do you have faith in them? I do. I mean, Leon and Connor are what 180 million dollars worth of this franchise. They're not going to make. I don't think make big decisions without having a little bit of um, 
conversation or insight from those players because those are the players that are going to be here. As we've seen right with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's been through nine coaches, these players are going to be here longer than coaches. So just my personal belief is he would have had some talks with those players before or during that stretch to see what the the temperature in the room was. All right, Leon Dreisaitl with a goal. So we had three of the uh, the three top scorers in the NHL coming into this game today. And McDavid gets two assists. Dreisaitl gets a goal. And uh, Huberto gets an assist. So now McDavid and uh, Huberto, they'd be tied now, right, Rob? Because it was a point difference. Just double-checking my notes. Uh, uh, yes, I do believe they're tied. Yeah, so they'd both be at 75 and Leon would be at 74. So there you go. But Derek Ryan, the offensive star for the Oilers. Well, that's what everyone had coming into this game, would you not think? Ryan was due. <laughs> he was due. Good for him. It was funny because uh, as people, if they were watching on TV, Jack and Louie are calling the game off a monitor, and y- you can hardly tell. And Jack is obviously uh, in- incredible, especially when he was calling late in the game. But when Ryan scored his second goal, he called Hyman, and I would have called the same thing. Because, you know, right, right right shot coming down that wing, snapping that shot up high. Uh, I thought that was Hyman initially as well. I agree. I mean, Derek Ryan, we don't see him score from distance often. But what a shot it was. And what a big, big moment in the game for him, too, putting the puck in. Because the Florida Panthers had had a number of great scoring opportunities. Goes back the other way. And that's when you are being outplayed, and the Oilers were, there's going to be uh, moments where you can change the the flow of the game but you got to take full advantage of it. And Ryan did so good on him. I, uh, there's players that have been maligned this year and Ryan and Koskin are two of the guys that have been maligned a lot. Uh, and both came through and were the big part of the reason that the Edmonton Oilers got two points here. All right. So the updated standings in the Pacific division, Calgary, 66 points, LA 63, Vegas, 62, Edmonton, 61 Edmonton at the moment is the uh, holder of the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. We have Alan on the Certainty Hotline as well. Hi, Alan. Hi. How are you today? Good. Uh, first of all, I give kudos out to Koskinen today. I think he played uh, uh, not only really well, maybe sometimes over his head, but uh, uh, we needed that today because we had uh, 44 shots on goal, and I would say. 20 of them were giveaways within the blue line and and which which gave Florida excellent scoring chances. Uh, the thing that bothers me the most about the giveaways is the lack of commitment to get the puck back. And one example, uh, Nurse came into the zone and he kind of took a swipe at the puck and uh, instead of playing quarter ice, he took a big skate around the net and he was coming out, coming out of the zone. We didn't even have possession, and then he ends up at the side of the net. And Costin made a good save, again on a giveaway, and uh, he was way out of position. Um, the other thing is, uh, there's too many offensive-minded defensemen. They, they have to rein that back in. And the the other thing, I don't pick on Bouchard. I think he's he's good, but uh, uh, many times in the last few games, he's the high guy on the power play, and instead of moving it to the side, he takes the shot, and he puts everybody out to dry, including himself. They have to kind of show him the film and, uh, and, and train him, teach him. That's what I got to say. 
Yeah, thanks, Alan. Um, Rob, you got anything uh, there? I think those those were good. Well, there's a lot. Bouchard Bouchard has struggled. He struggled the last, I don't know, five, seven, ten games. Uh, he's getting beat one on one, which you don't see very often in the National Hockey League. He's turned the puck over. Um, he's he struggled, and it's it's shown in his ice time. He was over 20 minutes a night under Tippett. He's now getting about 12 to 14 minutes. I don't remember the nurse play, but as for this team has been much better, much better uh, defensively since Woodcroft has taken over. Uh, they've played very well tonight. Was a uh, was a one-off. I'm hoping because they were not very good tonight, but nobody was defensively. They turned a lot of, uh, they did turn the puck over a lot, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had some inexperience on the back end. Uh, I do like the simplicity that their number, their young defensemen have brought. Um, it'll be interesting to see when Keith comes back how this team plays, but. Uh, tonight, the Florida Pan or today, the Florida Panthers were the better hockey club. The others got better goaltending. It was the opposite in Tampa. All right, uh, we'll squeeze in a few more guys here on the Certainty Hotline. We have Darren standing by. Go ahead, Darren. Hi, Reed. Um, I just have a point about uh, you guys were talking earlier about who should start tomorrow, and I was just going to give my take and see what you guys think. Um, I've thought for a while, really, with any NHL team and just hockey teams in general, when you have a back-to-back scenario especially the Oilers and their inexperienced D is I would set up every back-to-back that I if I have Koskinen and Smith Smith's playing the second back-to-back um and the reason for that is you look at our inexperienced D um in a back-to-back against Florida and Carolina you could say they're two of the best four checking teams in the league that um Mike Smith is obviously the way better goalie at taking pressure off the D, moving the puck. And um, I've kind of thought this for a while back-to-backs. Is I would I would have, if it's Coughlin and Smith, I have Smith playing the second night of a back-to-back every single time. That's really good. That's a really good, well-thought-out point because it uh, the, there will be some fatigue for players playing back-to-back, not as much as it used to be, but there will be. And Smith does make it much, much easier defensively for, for, for the Oilers because he is so good at moving the puck. So, yeah, that is a great point. Yeah, that's a good thought from Darren for sure. 780-496-0063, Oilers win 4-3. We will uh, welcome John to the show. Hey, John, go ahead. Hi, how are you doing? Um, good. Can you hear me? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm old enough to have uh, remembered goaltenders when they used to stand up. And Jock Blanc and Johnny Bauer, et cetera, et cetera. I think every goaltender coach should be fired for making them go to their knees before the shot. That's the first thing. The second thing, I, first of all, I'm a very, very big fan of Koskinen, and I think he's far superior to Smith. And it all started, I think, 10 games before the playoffs last year when Tippett sat him and played Smith the whole time. He beat him up psychologically by sitting him for 10 games. And then in the uh, in the four uh, the four game sweep by Winnipeg, Smith played really well until he let four goals in in the last 25 minutes of both games, and nobody says that's a bad thing. And the media has a, in my mind, has talking points where Tippett and the whole media are against Koskinen because he's not good or whatever reason. And you know, around New Year's, Tippett threw him under the bus. But they had a six or seven game losing streak and Koskinen took him out of the knees by saying, you know what, it's pretty tough to win hockey games when your team scores seven goals in seven games. Mm-hmm. And he had a good, so, you know, Tippett loves Smith because he used to play for him, but Koskinen is, is he will take us 
maybe to the finals. I don't know about the semis, but the finals for sure. He's far superior, but he's been beat up psychologically by Tippett and the media in general. And the same media, the same media that had nothing wrong to say about Talbot, who we scored on 17 times on the first shot of the game. Not a problem with Talbot. He's a great goaltender. 17 times, they go to Sweden, and their first shot of the year, they score on Talbot. And it's the same talking point. Everybody gets on the same bandwagon. This guy no, I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. I think well, when Talbot know, had a almost Vezna-caliber season, when, when, Cal, when Talbot had almost a Vezna-caliber season, I think he deserved a lot of praise. And then when he did start giving up the first shots in games, we, we talked about that after after every mm-hmm. game. I mean, I think, we're, I don't know, we, we if we see it, we're going to talk about it. I mean, Koskinen, I, I, I'm cheering for Koskinen. I really am I, because the, the abuse that he's had to take this year, uh, good on him. I don't know, and I'm not sure a lot of people, That's this, this gentleman might be a one-off that believed that the Oilers could ride Koskinen through the playoffs, just his track record here uh, hasn't shown that he can play every game. I think he's a very good 1B goalie. I'm not sure if he's a starter. Uh, but as of as of late, though, he has been the Oilers' best goaltender. I just don't I don't think you start him tomorrow just because of the back-to-back, but I would give him the very next game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to dredge this up, but I, I just... I mean, Costin is the goalie who led in four goals on four shots against the Vancouver Canucks last year. Like, as a media member, I'm not going to say that's a good performance. It isn't. Well, no, there, I, I think you have to be honest about any player, whether it's Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Miko Koskinen, Mike Smith, you got to be honest about them. But I think there's times with Koskinen, people did cross the line. And I think even there was some media that crossed the line, tell them that they got to get rid of him, get him out of town. His time has come. You keep forgetting these guys are human too. Koskinen has games this year where he was not very good. He had a long stretch where he was not very good because he was put in a role that he wasn't supposed to be in. He was supposed to be the Oilers' backup goalie playing every third or fourth game and has proven that he was good at that. But because Smith has was hurt and the Oilers took a chance that at 39, Smith could be healthy and, and give them the games they needed, Koskinen was the one that took the brunt of it because he had to play a lot more games than he was expected to do. I think Koskinen has been fantastic as of late. He has earned more starts. Uh, I'm not sure that the Oilers and the Oilers faithful are confident as Koskinen as your starter to, to make a long playoff run. If it turns out that he is, I, I cheer for him. I really oh, I'd love do. to see him do it. Absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. We, we can but only talk sure. about what we've seen for three and a half years now. He it just, it just hasn't been consistency. And yep. I know that I, I disagreed with what Tippett said when he called him out. Uh, that's not right. Everything should stay in the room no matter what. Uh, and I, I respected what Koskinen said when he came out and said uh, about how many goals I, I, my team had scored for me. But those are things that shouldn't have been talked about in the press. Those are things that should have been talked about in the room. And that one was on Tippett. Koskinen outstanding today. 44 saves as the Oilers beat the Florida Panthers 4-3. Derek Ryan had a hat trick. We have Brad standing by as well. Hi, Brad. Hello. Hi, guys. Right. Hey, I, love, I love your show, guys. I'm a first-time first time caller and 25-year uh, season ticket holder. So, Oh, nice. I just, I just want to say right now, kudos to Koskinen. Uh, he was referred by Yari Curry, if you guys don't remember. Like, he was Yari Curry's guy that said, hey, pick this guy up. So, And you know what? 
Good on him. He did a great job today. Anyway, I'm going to leave this thing on a bright side for you guys. The province just released all the mandates for math. So that Montreal game on March 5th is full capacity, and we are going to have no masks on. And I am telling you, we are going to have a blast in that building because I cannot wait to see what happens there. So, guys, I just want to leave it on the bright side because the world is crazy right now. But I just want to let you guys know that Turkin kind of can't wait to get back to full hockey again. Yeah, well, I mean, we obviously we had full buildings earlier in the season, and I'm glad we're going to have uh, full attendance again for sure. Okay, wow, a lot of people want to talk to us today, Rob. This is amazing. <laughs> Usually people well, turn the other day. way when it's they see us coming. It's a good day to coming. be an Oilers fan today. That was a fun <laughs> hockey game. That, that, was, that was, it was certainly entertaining. <laughs> you know, well, what, is, what did Andre Sekera say? We always reference that. If there were no mistakes, there'd be no goals, no action, right? It'd be a 0-0 so, zero, zero hockey. Yeah. There were plenty we, of mistakes, but no, it, it was fun. And the th- it, w- it kept you on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Whether you were whatever team you were cheering for, you <laughs> ever, nobody left the television the last 20 minutes. Well, did you see that the, the Florida had that centering pass with about 10 seconds left? And I don't think it was really close, but the one player swiped at it and missed. And did you see that whole section in front? I know. <laughs> down the net, everybody's up with it. Oh, you could see the ball sink back down. It was a wild finish. I mean, pulling the goalie early, Oilers got a penalty, Panthers got a goal. Pull, uh, goalie pulled again. Oilers missed the empty net on a couple shots that turned out to be icings. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a thriller, and the Oilers get the two points. Okay, we have Pat as well. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, hi guys. Just a couple quick comments here on the game today. Um, I think the second half of the game, I think the shots might have been more like twenty or twenty-one to fourteen or fifteen. So hang on, I have that scored. written down. But Pat, let me just yeah. jump in here because I recorded that when Drysaddle scored, and that was with nine fifty-six. Left in the second period, uh, the shots were 28-12 for Florida. So, yeah, over the second half of the game, they were 19-10 for Florida. That's still quite okay. a bit. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I mean, we absorbed. Miko was amazing, great. Um, the way I look at it for the goalie situation this weekend, I think you go with your original plan. If it was originally Smith tomorrow, you go with Smith. We still don't know who our starter is towards the playoffs. That's, I think, completely agreed. And on the brighter side of things, seems to be a log of negative, but correct me if I'm wrong. Are we not 11 wins out of the last 15 right now? I believe we are. Maybe I'm wrong on uh, that one. I thought we had a winning streak. I trust your math. It's 10-4-1 uh, uh, in the last 15 games, and uh, yep. they're 5-2 and two under Woodcroft. Yep, pretty good. So, sorry, 6-2, 6-2 so and two, six and two under got, Woodcroft. Guys. I think they're doing good. Thanks. Well, it has been. A, yeah, that's a good, good, good call. I mean, the last, the last. I mean, you had the 15 game stretch where you went two eleven and two, so that was. This 15 game stretch is much more fun. Much been better, and 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 six and two since Woodcroft took over, and really, of the eight games Woodcroft has coached, they've played fairly well in seven of them. I mean, they they stunk against Minnesota. Uh, maybe the first period against the Islanders wasn't that great, but well, today I give them an average in this one. Well, true. Today they they won, but th- this they, actually they the might have been points. their second worst game under Woodcroft. <laughs> I agree, I agree. But but then again, you look at the competition. This was probably the strongest team they played under Woodcroft. Yeah. Well, last time these two teams played, it was six nothing for Florida. So so they're, they're improving. <laughs> All right. We also have Chad on the line. Go ahead, Chad. Hey guys, uh, just a couple quick comments there. Uh, 
Niemalainen is filling quite the huge void here for us. We don't have to go out and get an extra D-man. And, like, he's only got to be, what, 20 games into his career only? Like, I'd imagine him at 100 games is going to be rock solid back there. Um, and then Mike Smith, I'm he, I'm thinking that's the last start for him tomorrow. It's, it's do or die for him. If, if it's a poor performance out of him tomorrow, you have to start him. I don't think you do Koskin in back-to-back. You go and start Mike Smith, and, and he's looking shaky. I think it's it's time for waivers. If he gets claimed, we're out of a contract. If he goes down, then it's a good 10-game conditioning stint. And then after 10 games, you see where Skinner's at up here, and you see where Smith's at down there. And that's because I don't I don't see a goalie trade available. I really don't. Well, that's a good point. I mean, and then we, I'm yep. sure you've heard us going over the the kind of goalies that might be realistically attainable and I don't know if any of them are are massive upgrades Upgrade. is is yeah. it Smith's last chance tomorrow I I don't know but if if it's not the last chance it might be one of the last chances I I, I think that's I think that's fair especially if Skinner keeps shining in the minors well, well and especially that to, league on fire for a long time now like last night well, again and you also add to the night. you also add to the fact too that the others are in a dogfight for playoff points LA hasn't fallen off, so yep. they can't afford, you know, to wait and hope that uh, a goaltender gets better and give up, as one of the callers said, you know, cost you maybe four, six more points down the stretch. They need every point they can get. So I don't, I agree with Reed. I don't know if it's his last chance, but certainly they need to see him trending in the right direction or the others will have no choice but to do something. Okay, Oilers win at 4 3. A hat trick from this guy, Derek Ryan. Uh, first NHL hat trick, and it came at a time that your team really needed it. Went down a man with Nugent Hopkins in the first. You stepped up. Maybe take us through what you're feeling right now. Yeah, pretty happy. Obviously, it's a big win on the road, and getting my first hat trick in the NHL at a ripe age of 35 feels pretty good. So yeah, just feels feels good. I don't know if you know this, but oldest player in Oilers history to record a hat trick. No way. Put yeah. that on the wall, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for it to come in such a big game, I mean, back-to-back losses, uh, a really tough road trip here, especially with the first three games, that has to feel more significant for you. Yeah, for sure. It definitely gets the ball rolling in terms of confidence for myself and the group. Um, this isn't an easy building to come in on the road and um, first part of a back-to-back, so it's a big win. Um, get the confidence rolling. We can roll into Carolina tomorrow and uh, hopefully tighten it up a little bit, play another good game and try to get two more points. This game would be completely different without the performance by your goaltender, Kosk, sure. especially in the first. Maybe, what did you make of his performance tonight? Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, I feel like he made maybe a dozen top saves there he was he was dialed in on his game um i feel like we can tighten up for sure in front of him uh that being said that's a pretty high powered offense over there so they're going to get their chances and and miko was ready to bail us out when they did since the coaching change it seems like your play is really elevated given more a little bit more responsibility a little more minutes how are you feeling right now in that rhythm yeah, confidence is moving for sure. Um, when you say a little bit more opportunity, I think it's a lot more opportunity. That's definitely translated into some confidence uh, in myself and uh, the line I've been playing on, whatnot. It's been, um, yeah, it's been good. It's just the first part was tough. When you're not playing much, you're sitting there for a long time. It's hard to get your momentum, uh, rhythm of the game. And I feel like I've been able to uh, get more rhythm in my game under Woody. He's getting me out there in key situations. And, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think we saw your confidence on that second shot. I mean, that's a confident play right there. Uh, maybe take us through what you saw there and 
Was that a confident shot? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, a delayed penalty there, and uh, Clowder made a nice play. I had some speed on uh, the outside there, and yeah, I just knew where I wanted to put it. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe the goalie thought I was going five hole again on the fan shot on the first one, so tricked him a little bit, and yeah, it felt good to see that go in. Um, you guys didn't have a shot for the first nine and a half minutes. I mean, did you feel like your goal really kind of sparked it, and did you sense that everything kind of kicked in a little bit after that? Yeah, for sure. I thought um, early on we were talking on the bench, you know, we need to get some more pucks in the net, get some shots. Um, after we got a couple, it started to snowball a little bit. But, um, yeah, obviously getting that first one's huge. So we haven't done that very often this year. Um, so that gets the confidence going on the bench. And, um, yeah, I think it definitely snowballed from there. Okay, that is Derek Ryan, hat trick, oldest Oiler player ever to get a hat trick, the first of his NHL career. Miko Koskinen, 44 saves. Oilers beat the Panthers 4-3. They're 11-1 in their last 12 road games against the Panthers. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast, you don't have to wait very long. Tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. for the face-off show. The game at 11 a.m., Oilers at Hurricanes. Thanks to Andrew Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 4-3.